What is up, Rangers? No comedic intro today. Uh, just honored to have the first ever uh, interview on the Understory Lawyer for the hundredth episode. We're going to have a Dream One Hundred expert, which lets me know that uh, the universe is in alignment with me, and uh, we're on the right path. So uh, I like to have magic in my life, and I look at coincidences like that—not as coincidences, but as signs. That's how I live. So we're on the right path. Uh, and Dana Derricks is the man. So he is uh, the Dream One Hundred is a foundational skill that I have identified for my skill set stack and uh, so you can you know open small use small hinges that open big doors and it's the the next fundamental skill that has the biggest impact for me and my business so I'm, I'm honored to have him on here I'm a student of his and uh, he's just been so gracious with his time and his teachings so enjoy it uh, there's uh, the audio needs something to be desired on my end he sounds perfect I think I made a mistake and had my earbuds be both the input and output uh, instead of the Yeti microphone so I'll fix that future podcasts but uh, we're all growing together and these technical issues will be fixed uh, eventually. So enjoy the podcast and the video of it. I will get up on the YouTube channel, which I'm putting together. So you'll be able to look at that as well eventually. And uh, there'll be a link both to his website, d100.com, uh, the d100.com, which has everything. And then a, a direct link to be able to buy the book. It's a free plus shipping offer uh, in the show notes. So enjoy the first ever interview. Well, hello there, Rangers. Wade Skalski here, lawyer, online entrepreneur, and your guide to the understory. Because this place is filled with monsters and bandits, here comes your first warning. Although I am a lawyer, this podcast is not for legal advice. If you work with me, you must have a signed agreement. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. All right, let's enter the understory. Remember, admission is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. All right. What is up, Rangers? Those of you who are in the understory against your will and those of you who are in the understory on paper on purpose. Today, I have got the honor of our first ever guest on the understory lawyer, Dana Derrick. Dana, how are you? I'm fantastic. Awesome. And for those of you, if you don't know who Dana is, if you've been under a rock of some type or if you've been uh, imprisoned in a uh, cave somewhere, Dana is a uh, goat farmer, number one. Number two, he has uh, been the keynote speaker at um, Click, uh, Funnel Hacking Live and also has had Russell Brunson speak at his own event. And he is arguably the best copywriter in the world, if not in the top five. So I am honored to have him here today for the 100th episode, and he is the master of the dream 100. So Dana, talk to me. Uh, first, what's up with the goats? Oh, man. Well, yeah, let's get that out of the way first. So long story short, I grew up on a dairy farm, much like you. I know that you uh, have the little uh, Northwest, no, Midwest farm boy in you. Um, <clears throat> so uh, when I bought my first house, not my first house, I bought my, the house I'm living in now um, has 10 acres. The person before me had goats and they had a goat pen. Uh, I did not have goats. Three months later, the ragweed was five feet high. I said to myself, I could either cut the ragweed or get goats. I chose goats. Nice. Now, here I am four years later. With how many goats? How many goats do you have on your goat farm? Right now, we've slimmed the herd down to five. We were up to nine. Okay. Uh, so get this: I started with two, and okay. then within one year, the next summer, I was at nine. Um, you need to get them uh, fixed. So 
Uh, <laughs> that I was not intentional for it to go I think that. what you're trying to say is goats are like rabbits. Yes, they are. And by the way, to the listeners out there, we did not slaughter the four goats. Uh, we gave them away to a gentleman that runs a, uh, what's called, um, an organic berry farm. And they are weed patrol for his farm. So they're living large. Nice. They're, they're happy goats. Correct. Yeah, my wife will not be enraged at you then because my wife is, whenever we drive by farm country, my wife goes, those are happy cows. Those are sad cows. Those are happy cows. Those are sad cows. So good. You're, you're, you're uh, going for the happy goat. So a lot of the people that listen to the show, Dana, are um, what I call they're in the commerce trap. So they're either trapped in their nine to five or they're trapped in the gig economy. And uh, what I was hoping that we could do for them today is introduce them if they haven't heard of the concept of the Dream 100 and how they, they can use the Dream 100 to start the process to escape that commerce trap. Awesome. Well, uh, I'll say this first. There is hope for you. There is hope for you, I promise. My mom was in the commerce trap, um, not looking to get political, but she was a government, federal government employee for 30 years. Uh, and she is three years retired and she is an entrepreneur now. And, she, and Wade, you know this, you work with her. She is like rejuvenated, right? And she's in her 60s. So it's not too late for anybody, okay? <clears throat> um, basically, I'll, I'll just kind of summarize the Dream 100. Uh, so first of all, it's a strategy that you already probably do without knowing. Uh, you do it in your personal life, most likely. You do it in your professional life. You do it if you're a parent. You do it if you're dating. You do like it. You're already doing it. Um, I do it in business really well. I've wrote, you know, three books on it, a um, bunch of stuff. And uh, basically, I'll summarize and just say it's getting intentional about the human beings that you surround yourself with uh, for the purpose of leveling each other up and uh, collapsing the time frames on your goals. So we'll kind of dive in a little bit more, but I think that's a good little synopsis of it. Yeah, and it was great about how I love sort of the how you teach it and your processes. You start at the very beginning and you start with the book, which is the Dream 100 book, which I which I own. And uh, I talk a lot about skills, uh, skill set stacking, which is what is the most next most leverageable skill that you can find. And I identified the Dream 100 as literally the number one skill to start with if you're going to start a business. So if you're trapped in a nine to five, if you're trapped in a government job, if you see this right here, that is my uh, goodbye plaque from a government job. So I get it. I know, I know how that goes. And I'll have the links in the show notes so that people can buy your book. And, but this is the place to start for the Dream 100. Now, um, I know that for you, you, you have a really cool story about how you started with the Dream 100 without even knowing about it with, um, a, when you were in a very small high school with your football career. Can you kind of run us through that a little bit? Yeah. So, uh, like I said, you guys are probably doing the Dream 100 without knowing it. Um, and I was too. So, in high school, uh, small town like Wade, uh, football was kind of the thing to do. So, uh, I really enjoyed football. Uh, my town, by the way, small town, when I say small, I mean small, like we're talking the whole town was 500, not the school, the whole town. So my graduating class was 30. That's boys and girls. And that was a big class for the school. So anyway, long story short, uh, I, wanted to play college football. Nobody really played college football. No one got recruited The you know, there weren't schools coming down to my town <laughs> to recruit. Um, so, uh, and my coaches didn't play college football. So like no one was helping me. I, no, and in fact, everyone was saying I, sh I shouldn't even try. Um, so I said, whatever. And I went and I uh, made a list of 40 different schools that I wanted to play 
possibly play for that gave out football scholarships. Uh, and then I put a kind of a box together, a lumpy mailbox with a letter of recommendation, a handwritten letter to the program, uh, my highlight tape, et cetera, et cetera. And I mailed all the 40 letters and or uh, lumpy mailers out. And for two weeks, nothing happened. And I thought, oh, great. Um, you know, wasted time and money there. Uh, and then I got called one day I was in school <clears throat> and I got called to the principal's office, which for me, not a good thing. So I got there. I said, what did I do now? Um, I walked down to the, you know, and uh, there was a coach in there and he had different colors on than our colors at our school. And I'm like, whoa. And he's like, are you Dan? I'm like, yep. And he's like, I'm here to recruit you so-and-so from so-and-so college. And I'm like, wow. Okay. You must've got my letter. He's like, yep. And then uh, uh, a couple of days later, I went again uh, and there were two different coaches from two different schools in there. Um, And pretty soon uh, my principal had asked me, Dana, what is going on? We got to get this stopped. It's very disruptive, Uh, blah, blah, blah. And a couple of weeks later, I signed the one and only in the history of my school, all sports considered the only athletic scholarship to college. uh, Thanks to doing Dream 100ing without knowing I was Dream 100ing. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's funny because it's so I thought I grew up in a small town. So I grew up in uh, in a town in North Dakota that had about 2000 people in it. So it's four times bigger than your town. I was like, towns don't get any smaller than my town. That's amazing. And now how did you feel? So you got a scholarship to play for football in college, right? Mm -hmm. And how did that how did that feel when you when when you accomplished that? uh, that You had done something that no one else had ever done before? Uh, It was really surreal, honestly. Um, it's weird because especially you guys and girls listening, um, there are not, when you get out of the trap you're in or whatever you want to call it, there will be a lot of people that are not supportive of that. Really unsupportive, even your family. Um, and that was what it was for me. There's a lot of jealousy, envy, um, what you name it. Right. So for example, um, at my senior banquet, you know, there's, um, what are they called? Academic scholarships were common, but athletic scholarship never heard of, right? So they're doing the, at the banquet, they, you know, announce each scholar and then they go up to the front get clap. Everyone claps, blah, blah. Um, they accept their scholarship and whatever. I got mine and no one clapped. Like the room was awkwardly silent. It was I'm like a, that. I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a retroactive <laughs> clap for that. Good job. Good Thanks, job. Man. Are you serious? Not one person clapped for you? It was crazy yeah um like i have buddies that you know were supportive or whatever but for the most part the entire town was like threatened by it and and yeah really jealous so and and that's a vision that's a vision problem i mean the one thing that i've so i you're the first interview for this podcast right and so for me what you really helped me to understand about vision is there's never one there's never a perfect time to start anything you just got to start it right done is the new perfect i think you say right and so we're in a pandemic podcast right now. I'm in the garage bunker. I got a pool of water over there. I got electrical lines over there. I got my babies crying in the background. Blind Lily's going to start snoring here, my dog. And, um, but really because I have a vision that I've helped through collecting the Dream 100, doing the Dream 100, my next three set of interviews are all Dream 100. So um, for me, the Dream 100 has really helped expand my vision. And did you... How can that help with people in terms of, because when they're trapped in the nine to five or trapped in the gig economy and they never see themselves as an actual business, how does going through the process of the dream 100 help them with the vision aspect of everything? Yeah. I mean, it makes it more realistic. Uh, and so one of my, 
one of the best bit of advice I've ever gotten um, in terms of like, I guess, vision and attitude. Cause I'm not a big mindset guy. Like I had a, like a rough childhood. And so I guess that was like instilled, like I'm, I'm looking at other people that like quit and like give up and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like you, like you have to like try harder than that. So, but a good piece of advice that I've tried to kind of run with, I was building a sales team and um, this guy I was talking to, he said that the, the difference between a like good salesperson, and a bad salesperson is this, a good salesperson, when they get off the call, um, or before they even get on the call, they expect to make the sale. A bad salesperson doesn't expect to make the sale. That's the difference. So what you're going to notice with vision and surrounding yourself with, you know, through dream and hunting with like-minded individuals and with people that maybe have already are further up the road than you, um, the expectation is for you to do it. Right. So right now you're, you might be surrounded with human beings that just like me with the scholarship, like they're all not able to visualize it. And I go through this with my own family, my in-laws and all that. Like, don't let, like, I just said this to myself the other day, cause I'm considering buying a winery. I don't know anything about wine other than it tastes good and I like it and whatever. And so like, I'm not going to name who it is, but a family member, it's like, I'm not going to allow your inability to have a vision of this working. Like your brain can't wrap your head around the fact that I would buy a winery for over a million dollars and make it a success. Like you couldn't do that. There's no way you could. And therefore you can't imagine someone else doing it, but I'm not going to allow that to stop me or even really disrupt anything. In fact, it's honest kind of motivation to do it. So, so I can be like, told you so, but I wouldn't right. ever say that, but I could feel that, right? Like, that's a motivator for me. So point is the more people that you have in your circle and nucleus that are pushing you toward the thing and expecting you to do the thing, meaning getting out of the trap or what have you, um, the faster it's going to happen and the more real it's going to be and it's going to feel awesome. So that's my two cents on that. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and the one thing I always think about is the big, there, I read a sentence in Niche Down and it basically talked about the difference between finding your place and making your place. And if you're trying to find your place, then all the input from everyone around you actually matters because you need to fit into whatever their place is and your family and all that. But if you're trying to make your place, then you can take that input and you can take it or leave it because you're trying to make your own life, your own business. You're going to do a winery. Um, I'm with you on not knowing a lot about wine. I, I drink a glass of wine in, in the past and I'd be like, oh, that tastes very jammy. You know, <laughs> like just say tobacco, it has a tobacco taste and jammy and then I'm good. Right. So, well, yeah. And that's, and I think, I, I think the thing about the dream 100 great about it is there's no excuses for it because it doesn't cost thing in the beginning. You need an internet connection and Google, and you can find whatever email lists you want. Um, I know that you have, uh, in addition to the book, you have a Dream 100 course. And here's my fancy subtitles. You can go to Dream 100 or D100.com backwards, backwards, and uh, that's your web page for to get all the resources. But it's literally you can do the Dream 100 from anywhere. You're not limited by your zip code. You could be in a in a in a town with 500 people. You could be in the middle of Los Angeles or New York. And um, how have you experienced? in doing the dream 100 in terms of compressing time frames, Cause have you ever done a traditional business without doing the dream 100 and then doing the dream 100 and then the comparison? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so first of all, I should start with, I, I often forget this step, but it took me about eight years to, to get this. Uh, I give you all permission 
to get out of your trap, get out of whatever you're not happy with and into what you want to be. Okay. You might not get permission from your spouse. You might not get permission from your family or your friends or your boss or your this or that. Doesn't matter. I give you permission. Okay. Um, I think that's really important uh, for us to feel like we can do it. Like we have permission to do it. Like <clears throat> anyway, so uh, I take that for granted sometimes, but I wanted to make sure all of you heard that from me. So uh, there you go. And uh, as far as um, examples of dream hunting versus not, it kind of looks like this. So um, I have ran companies in the past and without dream hunting, without, you know, uh, getting intentional about the human beings that you want to surround yourself with, uh, meaning creating kind of joint venture partners, uh, scratching the backs of each other, uh, referring to and from, uh, without that, it's just not stable. It's like, it's like really spiky, right? So like you might launch something or run an ad or, um, have an offer, that might hit, but then it like, there's no foundation, right? Cause then it'll just go back down. It's like ebbs and flows. Whereas with the dream 100, like every single day we get new customers because I have carved my self and my business into so many other people's businesses. And just like what I'm doing now, like there, I have no idea what the result of this will be, but I'm going to guess that if I did enough of these podcasts, which I have, uh, I will get customers for the rest of my life without even having to do anything. So if you think of it that way, really what you're doing is you're digging a ton of wells. You have no idea how much oil or gold or whatever you're digging for is down there, but there will be some that really have a lot and you will get fed from that for a lifetime uh, if you do it right and you're smart about it. So that's kind of the difference between dreaming hurting and not dreaming hurting, I would say. And, and I think there's a, there's a concept that really describes it really well is that you, can, you, can, you cannot control what one person does, right? So if you're having an interaction with one person one-to-one, you can't control what one person does, but you can get control over what a large enough group of people do. So if you have a large enough group of Dream 100 relationships it's, and from one to many, it's just, an, it's actually, it's inevitable. There are, no, there are no excuses for not succeeding other than you stop doing it. Exactly. And here's an example, like, um, sounds like your listeners or viewers are familiar with Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels. Mm -hmm. He had, so he just launched a book called Traffic Secrets. It is a New York Times bestseller and it's sold hundreds of thousands of copies, I believe. Um, and the phrase dream 100, which I have trademarked is in that book probably seven times. Like he, he even mentions me by name in the book. So, that is not by mistake or accident or I got lucky. I have Dream 100 Russell for five years. And that's just one example of many. Wade said to another that I spoke at Russell's event. He's spoken at mine. That will feed me customers. It, it currently feeds me customers, but it will continue to feed me customers for as long as I, I live really. So if you can like, like the visualization, I hope this makes more sense now. Like that was an intentional act, me dream on hurting Russell and getting, you know, becoming a star student of his. There's a bunch of strategies I go over at d100.com, but you know, being a star student, buying as much of his stuff as I could, um, you know, getting to know him uh, and serve him, like doing those things with the right people will feed you for a lifetime like it has me. And I, I really love how you talk about it took you five years to do it, right? So I'm sure not just with Russell Brunson, but with all, all of your, some of your, like a majority of your Dream 100 content, it's not like it's you just send out one email and they get right back to you. You're going to experience adversity and you're going to experience no's and mistakes. 
you're going to double send emails, you're going to whatever. Um, how do you have a framework for where, that you specifically deal with adversity, or how do you handle that when when adversity crops up? Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. So, uh, man, first of all, you have to like. The first step is getting over the uh, imposter syndrome or the, oh, I, you know, that person will never listen to me. I had to do that myself because I remember my very first Dream 100 list I made. Russell Brunson was number one on the list. I'm in my crap apartment. Um, I've got this whiteboard from Goodwill. It's so like run down that I had to, you know how like normal ones, they have screw holes in the corners with little tabs that you pop over them and they look nice. It was so gone from like the corners were gone. So I screwed this, the screw right through the middle of the whiteboard part of the whiteboard. That's how bad this was. Okay. That's and, a mid. that's a Midwest remove right there. Yes. Worked great. Um, but anyway, yeah. um, ate a lot of erasers though, trying to erase over the screw. But, um, the point is I wrote his name on there and I remember I erased it because I'm like, there's no way this guy, this was, you know, like six, seven years ago. There's no way this guy will ever listen to me or do anything with me. Why would I even try? Um, and then I thought about it. I'm like, eh, YOLO. And I wrote it back up. Um, and uh, so that's like the first step. Like you have to get over that, your own adversity of, oh, this person is too influential. This person is too important. This person's blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. Like throw them on the list. Worst that can happen is they say it, tell you to screw off um, and then you move on, whatever. Um, so the next piece of adversity is there will be a lot of people. Most people won't respond. Um, the, I, I like to think if I go up to, you know, the bat uh, or up to the plate, um, let's say a hundred times, I reach out to a hundred people and I get five of them to respond. Uh, and out of those five, they're not telling me to you know, screw off. That's a win. And then of the five that responded, if I get one to actually do what I'm looking to do, that's a huge win. Okay. So, um, just get your expectations right in terms of that. It's not because they hate you. It's not because you're, they're blowing you off. What have you, they're just busy. They're busy humans. That's all it is. Um, and then, uh, the last bit of adversity I'd say, um, is you're going to find out quickly who, uh, are the real deal and who aren't. Um, and that can be disappointing. So I'll give you kind of an analogy. Uh, I don't know if you guys out there have, or wait, do you have a, like a famous, like an actually famous person that you like admire, but you've never met? I have, well, I have, a, I actually, I, yeah, I, yes, I have someone who's like moderately famous in this area. And, um, and I, I think I had the experience that you were just talking about. So yes, I do. Right. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's very common that they aren't who you think they are. Right. right. And, and it's a huge bummer. Right. So did, did I'm guessing that happened to you met them or got to interact somehow and it was not what you were hoping for. Well, yeah, it's funny because I, uh, I read a book that literally the sentence in the book that they wrote changed my life. And then I was, I was able to kind of network to become friends with them on Facebook and their Facebook feed was like this dystopian nightmare. And I was like, what? And, uh, and so the, that person, Are you talking about Robert Kiyosaki? By no, I'm not talking about okay. Robert Kiyosaki. <laughs> I've no, heard that before. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, no. Which is funny, though, because I actually just ordered Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which apparently I'm the last person in the world to read that book. So someone's like, you should read this book. I was like, all right. Good book. Book. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, it's a lot thick. I don't, it's on my list. I, I have too many books. Um, but no, and, and I was, it was, and the biggest thing for me was always that I have to remind myself that the people are a mixed bag, just like I'm a mixed bag. There are things that are great and there are things about me that aren't so great. And I have to give that grace to other people. Well, 
And um, it really sucked. I was like, oh, I never should have become face. I should have let the idea of this person just stay there. It would have been better. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, that's so. common. Yeah. And like, uh, I can remember Russell told me a story. Um, so Dan Kennedy is like right up there with Russell for me on my Dream 100 list, um, like hero of mine. And I really wanted to Dream 100 Dan. And it's a fun game because he, I don't know if you know much about him, but he doesn't have email. He doesn't use the internet. He has a fax machine with a receptionist. That's the only way to like contact him. And I found, I, I did some digging. I found like he races chariots like horse racing. Um, I like found Ben Hur, like Ben Hur chariot. What is that? That's a movie with Charlton Heston probably before you were like way before you were born, but like, it's like Roman chariots, like yes. around the track kind of thing. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so I found the arena that he races at and I found his horse's name and I was going to like do some crazy stuff and like bet like a crazy amount of money on his horse one time and like whatever. Mm -hmm. But anyway, long story short, Russell was telling me a story about how he spoke at Dan's event for four hours um, was exhausted, didn't get paid a dime, flew out there on his own dime, blah, blah, blah. It's like brought a ton of value to his crowd. Um, and then right after he got off stage, he like met up with Dan in the hallway. It's like his first time talking to him. And was like, Hey Dan, I'm Russell. Like just, you know, got done speaking, blah, blah, blah. And Dan's like, ah, whatever. I'll talk to you later. Like, like just a terrible interaction, like a grumpy old, you know, which I don't know the whole context, but that was like, enough for me to be like, all right, I got to get realistic about this. Um, I can't get my hopes up. Like for me, Russell was a grand slam cause he is the real deal. He is what he, what I thought he was. Um, but not everybody will be. And I think, uh, you know, you've, you've seen that. I'm sure those listening have seen that. Um, but that's like the last piece I would say, uh, to be careful of. When I was going through, uh, when I was going through, um, so I, and maybe it's a good time to talk about it as I, I wrote, I wrote my first book doing your author challenge. And maybe we can talk about that in a second, but I'm going through the book funnel right now and I'm, I'm, I'm funnel hacking Dan Kennedy. He has a trip bar funnel for like $5. It's like, Oh, okay. So I kind of like funnel hacked it, went through it and I became on his mailing list. And he actually sends like the crotchetiest ass mail, uh, email. He's like, you kids, I've been marketing for 50 years. Like, I was like, he's like, he's like, get off my lawn. He's like grumpy old man. I was like, I love it. And that's his, that's his, you know, attractive character, but it's, uh, he seems really crotchety, that guy. Yeah. And I guess in, in his defense, I should have seen it coming because you'll be reading his book and then he'll be going on political rants inside of the book and it has nothing to do with copywriting. And it's like, huh, you know, I should have read between the lines a little bit better, but you got to have, you know, um, just uh, you got to have thick skin when you're dreaming hurting and you can't, you know, let someone not responding or someone responding in a negative manner affect you. I've seen it all. I'm still here. It's, yeah. it's worth it. Well, the cool, what I really love about the Dream 100 is that, uh, so entrepreneurs by trade and we're uh, creative by personality, right? Because we create, we go into the, you know, I call it the understory, which is we go into the understory, we go into the chaos and we pull back something out of it and we create it out of nothing, right? And we have to battle the, the monsters and the bandits in there and, to, and to get to overcome it. And we're creative, right? So a lot of times when people look at marketing outreach or they look at advertising, it, it's soul crushing. Like, I've got to learn about Google Tag Manager. But the cool, the cool thing about Dream 100 is you're doing research on a guy who's doing a horse and chariot racing. So you can be fed by the creativity of having to, having to track that down, right? And um, like when I was doing research for one of my Dream 100 people for a podcast, 
he had he he had uh, that I want to try to get on the podcast. He had uh, talked or identified a hundred podcasts that he wanted to get on, and he sent them all personal letters. Of like, oh, that guy's dream one hundred, and he didn't even didn't even know it. And he's not doing because there's some you know for everybody we don't need to get in the weeds on you know go ahead and get the book and, and there's a dream 100 core challenge course and you know you can find that all at d100.com there's these kind of these higher level strategies of you know um, sending stuff in the mail and all that that's that's really fun like you get to really get a reaction from someone when you send them something fun and so that's where the creativity part can come in and can fuel you in your marketing otherwise you've got to go learn about google tag manager yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to give you a shout out quickly because uh, Wade is really good at dream learning. Um, he is a he is a fantastic student, um, and that shows. Like he's a hundred episodes in, and I'm sure you guys aren't sick of him yet because he wouldn't be here. So, um, but Wade did a tremendous job of dream learning me. Uh, I have to say that might be. That's for sure top three Dream Hard gifts I've ever gotten. And I get a lot of stuff, as you can imagine. <laughs> no. So Wade um, found out that I have a, uh, I don't know, a, I, one of my heroes is Ric Flair, the WWE wrestler. Um, and so Wade must have gone on eBay. Is that true? Uh I had to go to, let's just say that I had to like find some place in New Jersey that uh, was in the, you know, had a back truck somewhere that I had to talk oh, to a guy who, you know, a guy who knows guys basically. So Wade uh, had to, you know, uh, work with the mafia and uh, he got, he got me a, I wish I had it's in the other room, um, a signed plaque, a Ric Flair, like photo in a pa- uh, plaque that was signed by Ric Flair. And, uh, that is one. Of, I was so excited. Usually I get like standard stuff like goat treats or something. And I'm like, Oh, here we go. I got to like, thank these people. And it's kind of like, I don't know. I was so excited to, I ran right into the other room and did a Facebook live immediately, like on the spot. It was the coolest thing ever. So thank you for that. Kudos to that. Um, that is a really fun, cool way to get someone's attention. Um, and it's super effective. So, uh, kudos to you on that dream 100, uh, campaign there. Thanks. Well, and the thing about that too is that, and I don't want to, you're the Dream 100 guy, so we're going to talk all Dream 100 mostly, is, is that I talk big about connections, right? Like, so my framework is commerce, connections, and creations. And, and you have to sort of shore up your connections before you're going to be able to fix your business or escape from the, the commerce trap, right? And the cool thing with the Dream 100 is, is that it can give you results outside of business for your family. So when I showed my wife that um, Facebook Live, three things happened. Number one, she was like, Wade's getting results on what he's doing, right? He's not just talking. So she's like, oh my God. And especially I was like, you know, this is Dana Derricks. He's a two comma club winner. He's, he's like in the online marketing world. He's like an A personality. It's like, this is amazing. And so she's like, that's awesome. And then two is like, she's like, oh, I like Dana. So when I'm going to come to Dana's goat farm for uh, Dream 100 Con, you know, whenever we start to do that, she's gonna be like, yes, you can go visit Dana. And then the third thing is she's like, I love his wife because his wife reacted the same way I would. He's like, oh, right. Wade's getting excited about something again. So it's, it's a way that you can you can get results in one area and, and apply them and it helps you in your business because then when I tell my wife, hey, I'm I'm trying to send these, you know, do these Dream 100 targets and do that, it brings her into the fold and helps her to support me. Yeah, absolutely. And this is probably not too politically correct, but uh, like my my wife sometimes helps and, and uh, my team's 
you know, spouses help with, they're, they're pretty good at stalking, you know? So if you want to find, that's part of the game is the research. So Wade had to, you know, stalk me a bit to uh, find out that I liked Ric Flair. And um, that's a cool way, like you said, to get in your family involved even. Um, Cause that it's, it is fun. It like marketing and like, uh, selling and all that it can be fun if you do it this way it doesn't have to be a google tag manager oh don't it just gives me chills to hear you say google tag manager like i did a certain i did a certain course on google tag manager and i was like i'm going to murder myself so and and that's that's one thing i always want i always ask everyone that comes on my show is that uh you being the first so you're gonna be the first person i ask this so i'm talking like of the thousands of people i've had on my show now of the inaugural guest the most important guest the dream 100 guest my my a target has there ever been an area in your life that was out totally outside of business that you learned something um, that you then took that and you applied it to business and you had a great, so that you, you gained the knowledge in a, or, or a lesson in another area outside of business. And then you got that growth, but then you took that lesson and you put it to business. Is there anything you've ever like that you can think of that you've experienced like that? Um, yeah. I mean, I'll start with, uh, I used to coach football and I actually called coached a, uh, for a while I coached a, an adult semi-pro football league, which is, um, my goodness, it is so hard to s- describe. It's, it's like coaching peewee, but the players are like adults. They're older than me, some of them. So they're like in their mid twenties, thirties sometimes, but they act like third graders. So, um, I mean, I'm talking, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon that you got to like go pick up one of your players the morning of the game from jail because they got a DUI the night before. Or did something hey, I can stupid. help. I can help them with that. Old days, old <laughs> days, my old job. I could do that. Yeah. Oh man, you should totally dream 100 semi-pro football leagues because they they uh, we actually budget. Uh, have a budget for uh, bail. You have a bail budget. <laughs> Stupid. I I never. I'm gonna write that down. Semi pro <laughs> expungement um. expungement campaign. Got it. There you go. You're welcome. Um, so, but yeah, I mean that gave me a lot of skills in terms of like uh, dealing with people and uh, you know. I could, Tony Robbins calls it the threshold of power, uh, and it's basically just think about the worst thing that's happened to you in your life and then compare that to what's happening to you right now. And it's almost always never going to be worse. So it's like what I dealt with, with them, um, compared to, you know, customer service issues or what have you now, it's like, it doesn't like, I've already been there, done that. Okay. Like it, it, so that's one area where I would suggest, you know, using your threshold of power as you go through and you experience bad stuff, because I will tell you this, it's not all it's cracked up to be, uh, being a business owner. I'm not telling you not to do it, but I am saying that there are going to be times and places where you're going to say, wow, I, did I make a mistake? Like this is right. not what I signed up for. Um, but it is worth it for sure. Um, and then I think another area is like, it, you should dream. I'm going to, I'm going to flip the question and, and talk about how you can use your business experiences in your personal life. Like you should dream 100 in your personal life. If you don't already, like right now, um, my wife and I are, you know, looking at, elementary schools, uh, in a few years here and we're dreaming hunting. So we're literally creating a short list of all the schools in the area. And we are asking people about them, pros and cons, what have you, and we're dreaming hunting, which school we should go into and, and why. So, um, that's another area. And then I guess the last piece to kind of tie it all together. Uh, I take the Warren Buffett approach on in, in my job. So what Warren Buffett does, uh, or at least the legend is the guy, you would think he's senile, 
and like stuck in 1930 because all he does all day is read and he doesn't read like what you would think and he's like for those that are unfamiliar he's one of the best investors in the world in history um he reads old newspapers from like i think the 20s and so as an investor you're thinking why aren't you reading about like cryptocurrency and like you know like the the today's stuff. And it's, he's looking, he's identifying patterns and what worked then. And then he's just applying that to now. So I do the same thing in my line of work. And I guess you guys, what I'm recommending is you to identify how and where you can apply your skill set in, in terms of all I do is I go find ways to market and to sell that are offline and I bring them online. That's really all I do. So in my copy, I, I read, I don't, I've read a lot of copywriting books, but even more valuable are sales books for me. So I will use things like selling techniques, like trial closes, right? Where I'm, you know, going to be getting you to nod your head. Yes. Like you, the weather's pretty good, isn't it, Wade? And Wade would say yes. And then you keep, you know, getting them to say yes, 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 until you ask for the sale and they've been conditioned to say yes. No one does that in their copy. Why? I don't know. They're not creative enough, I guess, to go find techniques and strategies that work offline on a phone call or in person and then bring it online. So in all my sales pages, what happens? I'm doing all these techniques that, you know, really gifted salespeople use, but I'm just doing it in writing. So all I'm doing is taking offline techniques, putting them online, taking non-copy techniques, putting them into the copy. And that's kind of I guess my secret sauce. I've never really revealed that before. So well, and that's that's so I have my my trademark of spending is from the side learning, right? And that's because what happens then is then that when you do that, you get exponential growth and you can compress time frames because you're going to get Dana when he let's say take the sales um, example. So you're you're reading a sales book, so you're gaining sales uh, skills just in general. So you're, if you're doing phone sales, or you're talking to somebody, or you're doing an event, you're gaining the skills of okay, I'm knowledgeable about yes, momentum in sales. Got it. But then you whip it over to another area of, and that's in person. Then you whip it over in another area, which is online. And so then you're going to have growth on your online marketing as well. So your time, you're doing two things at once, and you're you're basically having exponential growth with from the side learning, and that's. And you talked about it perfectly. We had an experience with um, preschools because right now with everything that's going on, there's varying levels of um, guidelines that the preschools are engaging with with safety for the kids. Some are wearing masks, some aren't, whatever. I don't, it doesn't really matter what, whatever your desire is for your children's safety, that's on you. But there's, seven, there's lots of different variables. So what we had to do was we had to um, dream 100, six or seven different preschools one to find the schools that we, you know, just to be able to get them in because everybody was trying to get them into different schools. But then two is that we had an experience where somebody last year when none of this was going on, we had kind of dream 100 and didn't know it. And they called us this year and said, Hey, I know last year didn't work out, but we have a spot for you if you want it. And that is an example of treating people the right way, dream 100 them. And then down the road, maybe the opportunity isn't good right now, but there becomes an opportunity. And that's just for preschool. Now, when you take that to business, that lesson is when I sell it to my wife and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing. We're going to do the exact same thing that we did for these people and I'm doing it in business. She supports me. I learn the skill. And then when I do it in my business, it just, everything works much faster. It's exponential. And that's why from the side, I just, from the side learning is one of the foundational strategies that I teach. And, um, that's awesome. and I love to hear business owners talk about, talk about how they could take something just, you know, like your, 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 
your issue, you know, your experience with the football team or your experience and, and even within the business itself or commerce itself. So that's amazing. Um, yeah, no, and maybe it's a good time, a good time to talk about. So you have another book that I, that changed my business, which is the truth about business. Right. And I'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes. But one thing I love about your sort of the way that you teach in the dream 100 is that you start with the dream 100 and then it just naturally progresses up, um, into like higher levels of learning, but there's such an, it's just an easy progression of what you teach. And it's a complete, it's like literally a complete, complete system for business. So can you talk a little bit about your truth about business book? That is, are you on the top Amazon yet? Are you close? Oh, uh, no, I'm, I checked yesterday. It's number 23 overall in um, wow. sales, which I'm really happy. I, like score one That's for the amazing. little guy. I don't have a publisher. I don't like, I'm not, I don't have a huge budget for it. So yeah, I'll, I'm happy. It was all the way up to 11. It never cracked the top 10, but um, yeah, I mean, it, whatever. But um, yeah, so uh, basically the truth about business is, so the Dream 100, here's it, kind of zooming out. So the Dream 100 is ideal for a, a person that has already figured out what it is they're selling, who they're selling to, how they're selling it. And then they go sprinkle the Dream 100 on top and they set it on fire like that. And it goes boom and it's awesome. That's kind of the Dream 100. Now I recognized after I wrote that book, the Dream 100 book, that there was a need <laughs> for a prequel <laughs> because not everybody has what they're selling figured out, who they're selling to and how they're selling it. That's what the truth about business essentially maps out for you. So um, it is just an expose and it, trust me, this does not win me a popularity contest because this is what the top 1% truly does not want you to know about how to run a business. So um, inside I talk about having a value ladder. I mean, it's pivotal. Like it, it's, you have to have a value ladder. That's the foundation to your business. Um, I know that Wade has gone to the nth degree of studying all my stuff. So I know Wade has this mapped out really well. Um, I've seen so much clarity in Wade since he started. It's been really cool to watch. Uh, but basically you're gonna see examples of how the 1% uh, runs our business. And then it's gonna go like light bulbs, like crazy on how you can do this, kind of replicate it in your own little world, in your own way, in your niche or what have you. Um, and instead of guessing and making a bunch of mistakes like I did for 10 years, plus just read this book and it'll kind of show you. <laughs> well, that book, it, it totally changed my business because so as an attorney, like this is the understory lawyer, right? And so, but I never talk about the law on this. And the reason why I never talk about the law is because that value ladder let me understand on the demand side that I, I, I can be commoditized. If I, if I only go on the supply side and I only talk about the law, then there's no difference between me and every other lawyer that's out there. That's why I'm wearing a Star Wars t-shirt, right? I'm a lawyer. I go, okay, I got a diploma. That's a diploma right there. I got an American flag right there. All right, so I'm a lawyer, right? But um, then if you, every other lawyer has a suit with a red tie, with the, you know, the, the, men, the men have a hair part, right? And then they can be commoditized. But the one thing about having a value ladder if done correctly on the demand side, which is, you create a blue ocean for yourself that you cannot be price shopped. It's impossible. And the, I can't tell you, so I'm a little bit older than you, Dana. I've been a lawyer for 22 years. And for 18, 19 years of that, just being commoditized and price shop was just a fact of business. It just was like that. It just happens. You're going to get price shopped. I had a lady, it, um, I had a lady once that uh, did a difference, went to someone else. Like I had done a whole education bridge for her. I, she didn't even know what she could get for $50 or for a hundred dollars. 
right? And I was, and and the reason was is I was making money for someone else because I didn't understand the demand side of a value ladder. And this book, like my whole business, my whole, I'm so. I have fun in my marketing and my business, like, because I get to do a pot and people are like, how can you do a podcast every day for 30 minutes? Like nobody does that. Yes. Nobody does that. You know why I know how to do it is because I know how to create the content on the, on the demand side. And there's an endless amount of content because of what I learned from you, Dana. And so I have to thank you. Um, I just have to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you have put out because you brought me into your world and there's a, there is a natural progression for someone like me to consume it and to immediately apply it and make, make massive, massive pivots and inflection points. So I got, I know you got to run. We, we actually have our launch class, which is a, or our launch call, which is another level of Dana's, which I'm a member of, which is the, uh, um, the dream 100 launch program, which again is, is a, is a do it for you, do it with you kind of situation that, uh, I have not missed yet. So I am, I'm, uh, have perfect attendance on that. Uh, and the last question I want to ask you is this, and then we'll kind of wrap up is, is, is I'm a big believer in, um, trying to be consistent every day because you never know, where there's going to be an inflection point. You can always kind of identify inflection points afterwards, but the difference between winning and business sometimes is like a micron. And if we have a consistent framework that's laid out in the dream 100, and a consistent framework that's laid out in the truth about business, and we have the tools like the authorchallenge.com to, to be able to fill our business with, then we're not going to, we're not going to have situations where maybe that we miss those inflection points. So they're because we're just consistent and we, we don't go outside the bounds. Have you ever, can you identify an inflection point in your business that there was something really small that just changed the whole trajectory of your business forever. Um, that looking back on it, it's just amazing what, what just a little shift would have done for you. Can does anything come to mind on that? Neither your commerce or your, your connections or creation. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, I'm going to do a little flex here. I don't usually do this, but I think it's fun sometimes. Okay. So hopefully my camera switched. Um, so right here, it looks like a mess, but this oh. stack, can you see it? I, yeah, I can. Yeah, can you repeat what you just said because we had some weird interference when you switched. So, you um, so this stack that my hand is on. Wait. There's a, a, you got, okay, got it. We had some really bad. We're getting some bad mic feedback, but it's a, it's okay now. Okay, oh, sorry. Okay, this is it better now or no? All right, I'm gonna switch back. I I broke things. Dang it, Dana. Is this better? Uh, I think I muted myself because I thought it was me. We had some really bad, bad okay. whenever you switched, we had some terrible background. Noise. Go ahead. You guys okay. got the visual. Okay. So basically I have authored, uh, 13 books. Um, I, if you catch me at my farm in my bib overalls, you would think, I don't even think that guy knows how to read. So I have authored 12 book or 13 books now. Um, the other stack next to it is probably going on 20, which I need yours next on, on this stack is um, my, it's, it's, uh, my due date is by uh, the end of September. I'll have it to you. Okay. Deal. Um, and I know you're a per perfectionist, so uh, you get a pass. So most people uh, can do it a lot faster. Absolutely. That's okay. Um, but that's my students stack next to it. And uh, for me, I will never run a business in any niche, including this winery. If I choose to do the winery without having a book. Because what I realized is I'll take you back, um, man, probably eight, nine years. Nope. More than that. I'm older than that. Oh yeah. Um, I'm in college and I'm making really good money. Okay. And I'm only in college to get a degree to make my dad happy. Hated college. Haven't used the degree. Don't even know why, where it is, whatever. Um, and I am working as a freelance copywriter. I'm doing pretty good. Um, and by the way, how did, how did Dana get into copywriting? This is how my uncle 
Um, I have a gift of writing. God gave me a gift to, to write, which is awesome. And I'm super happy and grateful. My uncle, when I was a kid, cause I, he was a writer, he wrote a newspaper column. Um, and he said to me, God bless him. Still, I talked to him today, so I don't hate him or anything, but he said, don't, don't get into writing. Um, there's no money in it. Why? Because his experience is that there wasn't because he got paid. I think he said a dollar an hour. He did the math on it to, to write that local newspaper column. So I'm saying, okay, well, um, let me get a second opinion. I go to Google. I say, what are the highest paid writing jobs? Copywriting, number one. Like average salary, I think for a senior level copywriter is like 150 grand a year. For a college kid, that's like, whoa, my eyeballs lit up, right? So I'm copywriting in college, full-time student, full-time copywriter. Everybody else, my peers are all going to the bar. I'm working and building a business. Um, and I started getting burnt out because I didn't know how to systemize. I didn't know how to outsource. I didn't know how to like scale. <laughs> so I'm, I veered too far in the opportunity cost of stuff. So it's like, do I go to the movie Friday night with my girlfriend or do I take this $3,000 project on? And I veered too far that way and I got started getting burnt out. So what I did is this, I thought to myself, well, everybody, I kept jacking up my prices and that didn't even stop the demand because I was good. I am good at what I do. So instead I said, well, how do I scale this? I don't know how to make a course to teach people how to do this. I, I, I knew I had to teach people how to do what I was doing for them. So instead of catching the fish, let me show you how to fish. And I'm like, I'm too dumb to make a course, but I know how to write. Why don't I write a book that basically it's a workbook and it just shows them exactly how to do what I do every day. Um, and then I sold it or I launched it and I thought, well, something's wrong with the book publishing industry because 90% of authors never make a dollar off of their book. And then I started looking around to find out why that was. And within five seconds, I figured it out. It's because every single book on earth is $20 for some reason. It's one of the only thing that's not on the planet. That's not priced according to its value. It's just priced at 20 bucks because the publishers are all in cahoots. It's a big scam, whatever. Um, long story short, I launched my book for 400 bucks. I said, there's no way I'm going to charge 20 bucks for a book that I'm selling the same thing essentially as my service for $10,000. That doesn't make sense. So I start, I charge 40 bucks or excuse me, 400 bucks. The book is 97 pages, soft cover. And uh, to this day, I've sold uh, just about 2000 copies to 70 countries of that exact book. And that was my first ever book. And what I thought was going to happen was everybody would just want to buy my book instead of hiring me. It would solve that problem of me getting burnt out, not having enough time in the day to service all these clients. And what I figured out, cause it, why wouldn't you, right? Like I would buy the $400 book over $10,000. Like I just learned how to do it. And you know, it had the opposite effect. Everybody that read the book and bought the book wanted to, were banging at my door even harder to get me to do uh, the copywriting service for them. And from that moment, I realized the best salesperson on earth is not me, not even a sales guru, whatever, it's a book. So from that moment on, I thought, geez, every single thing I sell, I'm going to use the book as a salesperson. And ever since, I mean, you guys will find out once you read the truth about business, you're going to be hooked. Um, and uh, you're probably going to come back for more just like Wade did, just like lots of people do. Uh, and I highly suggest uh, just like Wade is doing right now, 
having a book of your own, no matter what niche you're in, no matter what you sell, just think about it. Um, uh, for example, we have a client that um, does stem cell procedures. That's a complex subject. It's hard to explain. You have to, I mean, it's a cash paid procedure. It's a hard sell. So immediately, what did we do? It's on the stack somewhere. We had him write a book. He went through our author challenge just like Wade did uh, or is. And he, he wrote a book. And guess what? He just hands that book out. He doesn't have to even open his mouth. Before it was a 30-minute consultation, which was like in, involved selling, right? And guess what he does now? He just hands the book out and it sells his stem cell therapy like crazy. Like me, I, I, I read the book. I don't even have an injury. I want stem cells. Like, that's how like, <laughs> right. convincing it, right? So um, point is, no matter what you have and offer and sell, you need to use a book and leverage a book, not just for credibility or the standard reasons people have books, but to sell yourself and your service or your product. There's nothing better than that. And yeah, and that's, I, I love hearing about inflection points like that. And I, I, I've got two things I got to do and then we'll kind of wrap up is that um, when Dana says that he was making money in college, doing I was doing well in college, and you've said this in public before, but you were like north of north of two hundred grand. You're almost at three hundred grand, I think. So that's like for a college kid. That's More amazing. than the the uh, university president. Yeah, and the reason why I bring that up is not because it's like a to brag on on Dana's on the money. It's that when I say that Dana is one of the best copywriting um, people in the world, arguable for you know at least in the top three or five, whatever. Like he's he's elite elite at it is because one, he started so early, it's been his craft, but also two is that like, if you, if you know who Russell Brunson is and everyone should know who that is in the entrepreneurship world, Dana, Russell Brunson brought Dana to Boise, Idaho to write all of his copy for the main business uh, funnel, for the ClickFunnels funnel. And ClickFunnels is worth, it's a unicorn, it's worth a billion dollars. So when a company that's worth a billion dollars calls up someone, they call the best and that's Dana. So Dana, I'm so grateful for you and everything that you've done. You literally have changed my business and my life in a very short period of time. And the reason is, is because you always give value first. And I want to thank you for that. And uh, I always do something in my show, which is um, what I do is I tell, all right, so all your rangers that are listening in the understory uh, against your will and the ones on paper on purpose, take out your ranger field journal. If you don't have a ranger field journal, uh, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, for the love of God, go buy a journal. But for the moment, take out your unicorn trapper keeper. And what I want you to do is I want you to write down, just take off all the blinders. Dana has given you permission. The five people that your dream 100, call the dream five for right now, people that are just so far above you think you could ever get in your business and write those down. And then I want you to write down d100.com where you can get all uh, access to Dana um, and all of his uh, services and products. I, I can't tell you how he's changed my life and I'm so grateful for you, Dana. Wow, man. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much for the kind words and that. I'm very humbled by that. Um, can I finish uh, uh, um, the side of the story that I don't think you, I don't really talk about. I bet you don't know with uh, that trip to Boise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. I'm, I don't. So. Oh man. So long story short, so I'm out there and I'm like, it's like a dream come true for me. Like this is my number one on my dream hundred list, right? He, mm -hmm. At, after the, we finished the project, he's like, Hey, my wife's out of town. You want to come over and like hang out for a while, um, play with my kids and stuff. I'm like, let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would love to come to your mansion, um, and hang out. So anyway, we get there and we're hanging out and it's a lot of having a blast. His kids are just, I think he had five at the time, um, just running all over heck. And it was so much fun as whatever. And 
and it was getting dark and we're going to call it a day. So, um, we're walking back to the, uh, to that, like toward the driveway from the pool house. Um, and, uh, all of a sudden I, I take a step. I'm not really paying attention and whatever. I take a step and all of a sudden my right foot like goes down two feet. It's like, Whoa, what's happening. And then in the next thing I know, my face is hitting like what felt like a tarp. And I was like, Oh my God. And my instinct rolls in and I like roll out of there. And what I real, and then I look back and I realize, my God, I just fell into Russell's pool and thank God it had a cover on it and a good one. Cause it didn't tear through. I literally fell into his pool. This is my dream 100, number one on my dream 100, like my hero. And I am not a clumsy person. I, I'm a college athlete. I fell into this guy's freaking pool. So nice. if I can recover from that, you guys have nothing to worry about. So um, go fall in your dream 100's pool. Go have a bunch of fun. Um, go for it and uh, make sure that's how, that's my like insurance policy, by the way. I could, I always got that. I don't know what the statute of limitations is on an injury like that. What do you think? Oh man. Uh, well, you know, we can always file and do a strike suit, so don't worry about it. We can always, <laughs> that's a, that's a statute of limitations. That's a gray area. Don't worry about that. We'll, we'll just worry about that later. Yeah. Yeah. So hold that over his head. Um, my pool injury at his house. So, uh, it wasn't lit well. I'm fairly certain that uh, Russell Brunson has good homeowners insurance. Well, we could, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one thing, and yeah, and you make sure if he ever asks, I guess you would though, if he would have asked you to wrestle him, would you have wrestled him? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know anything about wrestling. And, uh, other than I know that they know leverage and how to take yep. it. Down. Yep. yep. All right, man. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you again so much. I don't want to, I don't want to be a fanboy, but I'm a fanboy. I'm a Dana Derrick fanboy. Hey, you got to get some, yeah. you got to get some gear. Um, you got to get some gear because all, all I can do, this is the last thing. And then we'll go is I have to actually, here's what we're going to do. This is, this is, uh, you got to get some swag. So I just made, wait, hold on. <laughs> I just made a dream 100 goat on my shirt and now I have dream 100 swag. So, so we'll listen Rangers. Thank you for listening today, Dana. Thank you. And just remember there is no end if you stay on the path to understanding. If you are listening to this podcast and you are an online entrepreneur, I know exactly what it feels like to be you because I am one. I know what it's like to know that you are smart and work your ass off, but always feel like you cannot get traction. I know what it feels like to have your spouse support you outwardly, but on the inside, they're saying to themselves, is this going to work? And I know that you want to create something in business, but you always end up chasing the same dollar over and over. Or maybe you want to create something in the arts, but you feel like you shouldn't play there. So you wander in the forest, stuck in the understory. I spent over 40 years there fighting the same monsters and bandits over and over. And when I discovered that if you learn what the understory is and you start to go there on purpose, you can find a clearing where you have clarity and power in your commerce, connections, and creations. You handle the forest like a badass ranger with the proper mindsets and skill sets that you need. Not once chosen for you by some guru or your parents, but chosen by you on paper on purpose. We can walk the understory together, but I cannot find you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. Subscribe to my email list at understorylawyer.simplecast.com. Let's find your clearing together, a place free of entanglements. 
a place with a bedrock foundation and a place where you set the boundaries, not anyone else.